Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. Hey guys, good to be back again. Yeah, we have you back in the saddle, which was nice, and uh, we're continuing through chapter 11 and getting to, I really am enjoying seeing these vignettes of these mm-hmm. uh, of these Old Testament saints. I think it's it's really cool just to, you know, touch on each one like, a, like you're skipping a stone. Yeah, like a little character study, uh, historical character study of, mm-hmm. of how these guys lived by faith. Well, particularly because we get to see his interpretation uh, so succinctly. Mm-hmm. Right, so I mean, like he explained the whole Enoch thing for me last week. Right, that's where we get so yeah. much of the actual interpretation is in Hebrews. Yeah. yeah, and then same thing here. We we can read chapters on Noah, yeah. but then he he condenses it boom into this one little punch. You know. Yeah, there was this subtle um, corrective jab that I made on Sunday, and that was, what do we emphasize when it comes to the story of oh, Noah? Yeah. But what does uh, the what does the author here emphasize? He emphasizes Noah's faith, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and then Noah's subsequent obedience. I mean, those in reverent fear, he does these things. But how in the world is life why he's supposed to monetize that for bathtubs? <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. So this week's sermon was how do you titled. Put, how do you put faith into a a, a fluffy? You know, a stuffy yep. or a stuff? Yeah, stuffy. <laughs> Fluffy, that's a whole different thing. Sorry. Yes, thanks for that. Uh, this week's sermon <laughs> was titled, God Said It, Noah Did It. That simple. From Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7. And so in here, we really are trying to tackle this. Uh, if last week was drawn near a lot of the relational aspect of, of living your faith out day by day, here we see even some more reemphasis of what we saw a couple weeks ago of how much of faith is centered in God's word. Yeah, and the fact that he said things are, then they are. And, and back to Enoch last week, you have to believe he exists, right? These simple things, he exists and he spoke. And so then what? Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, it just I think we complicate things too much, mm-hmm. and I got we have to be careful that the way we think about complicating things that we think about that rightly. And what I mean by that is. Uh, to talk in more detail what God has said and what God expects is not what complicates things. I think what what complicates the Christian life is when we move beyond uh, God said it, and that settles it. Like mm-hmm. when we move beyond that, uh, we begin to complicate things. Or when we when we turn faith into some weird mystical key to just surviving another day or getting down the road. And instead of it simply being, God said this and I believe it. Mm. And so now I'm going to go live it. Uh, and and really, there is no choice of, if, if you say you believe God said it, then the going and living it should just happen. Mm. Um, I mean, you got to be intentional, but it should just flow from that if you truly believe it. Um, 
And so I think we complicate it so much. I think there's good help in separating faith and works as well. But if we're not careful, we overcomplicate that too. Yeah. They, the two go together. Like in my mind, and you can burn me at the stake for this, but in my mind, they're, they're, they're just one thing. Like it's faith and works is one thing. It's, it's one object. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a coin. And now the way they interact with each other and which one precedes the other is, is absolutely crucial, right? Faith precedes the works. Yeah, but our um, functional experience of it. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Because when we separate them two or when we um, bifurcate, as, as you are famous for saying, at least in these circles, uh, <laughs> if you wrongly bifurcate or separate or dichotomize those, those, those two concepts... Um, then somehow you can be someone who has faith but yet doesn't do works. <laughs> and it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. That's not the way God has has designed. Yeah, you have a divided whole now. Yeah, the yeah. Essence of that. And so for Noah, again, like he had absolutely nothing to go on other than God's words. And a heck of a lot less words than we have. Yes, a heck of a lot less words. How, and for us, you know, I just, I just want people to spend some time thinking what else— what else do you want God to give you? Mm. You know, and it's, it's, it's what we've it's been a, talking about in Old Testament class. Yeah, like we just got through the tabernacle, and we're in Numbers, and they have the cloud, they have the fire, right? They have the presence of God. He has gone out of His way in this mm-hmm. redemption and Exodus to c- go back to fellowship with them, mm-hmm. and and what? Yeah, they they don't want anything to do with them. They don't trust them. Yeah. They can see it. And we're all like, oh, I wish we could see it. I'm like, well, we have him in us now, <laughs> right? Yeah. We have Jesus. We have all of the word. Yeah. What more do we need? Yeah. Like, uh, thinking of a practical example, when you get home, tired, you got to deal with kids the rest of the evening. But the Bible tells us to rejoice always, mm-hmm. right? Um, we understand this is the day the Lord's made for us. And I should, as the the hymn or the song goes, I should rejoice and be glad in it, right? Um, so God said that. What else do you need? I mean, do you need higher serotonin levels? I mean, what do you need for the evening to rejoice and be glad? I need an excuse. All you should need is God said it, mm-hmm. and and that's that was that was my point, and I think that's the point of the scripture here. Um, not that the other things aren't important or have a place and you got to deal with that stuff or, or the fact that maybe it's an unpleasant home to be in because you don't discipline it well. But you can still rejoice and be glad because this is the day the Lord has made. Because why? Because you have faith in God. Yeah. Because you trust him. Exactly. Yeah. His words should be enough. We shouldn't need anything else. Yeah. I, when I... When I started jujitsu a year ago, my commitment was to not say no to anything that my coach would ask me to do. Like, I'm not made for everything that happens inside of that martial art. <laughs> it's not my body type. But nonetheless, I had committed to to myself and to him. I was like, I'm not going to tell you no. I'm going to try whatever you tell me to do. It may go horribly, but I'm going to try, right? I, I have faith in, in you and your system and teaching, and I'll trust you. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do what you say. Mm-hmm. And and that's, it's that easy, right? We're not responsible for the outcome. Yeah. Right. He just said, Hey, here you go. That's right. That's the thing with, with Noah, like, man, if the boat didn't float, <laughs> that's on God. Mm-hmm. If the rain didn't come, 
that's on God. Mm -hmm. You even see such a Mm -hmm. very, (laughs) it's not exactly real. We we call this an anthropomorphism, but a very real version of that, of his hand closing the door. Like, yeah. There's, there's no structure or built-in pulleys and stuff to close the door. God's hand closes the door to the ark, seals it, right? Yeah. And all the engineers at the day would be like, hang on, God. There's a design flaw. Mm-hmm. How are you going to close this door? How are you going to close this door? It's too heavy for me. Uh, I got well, it. I better change God's plan, and yeah. I better go I better go fix his design, mm-hmm. right? Just like the Titanic. <laughs> I was thinking transing kids, but... Um, that's where my mind went. There's like, that. Oh, we'll just fix that design. God's made a design flaw. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe maybe if I just give my kids enough sports, that'll fix God's design flaw because my instructing them in the Word is not enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, uh, God, God can shut that door on His own. He didn't give a design flaw to Noah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Noah had absolutely nothing to go on other than God's words. That's it. Yeah. So one of the things I think is most helpful to draw out in this is is specific application. So that's the standard, right? But then we have the actual reflection that we want to do, and and not to be redundant from a sermon, um, really drive this into doing some some reflection. Whether you're listening in the car right now, which is usually where I consume most of my podcasts, or you're at home and you're just sitting on the couch reflecting around this or whatever, the, the the challenge that you gave of how our actions always betray our actual beliefs is so true, so real, mm-hmm. that for us to ignore that is to just fall absolute prey to the deception of Satan. Yeah. Well, the saying, only, well, I'm the exception. Yeah. And the only way we can do that is because we've bifurcated faith and works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the only way we can live in the tension mm-hmm. of saying... Like we can live under the false belief that I believe something when I don't act it out. Yeah, it just literally does not work that way. Mm-hmm. You don't actually believe. Yeah, yeah. It was funny because yesterday you're, you're talking about uh, <laughs> the craziness of God giving him this task when they had never seen these issues before, right? Mm-hmm. And it being like, well, can we get a second opinion? You know. <laughs> Because before that, in class, we had numbers, and in there you have God sending the serpents on the people. Mm-hmm. And what was the solution, right? Look at the bronze serpent, mm-hmm. and just and you'll be saved. Look and live, right? Well, I mean, imagine you're in the camp, right? And you, first of all, I don't know if you guys have ever forged anything before, but it takes a considerable amount of time uh, to, to fashion metal. So that took some time, but then finally you 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 get bit, right? And you're like, ah, I'm starting to freak out. And someone runs around the corner and says, I'm here to help. Has anybody been bit? And you're like, I have. It just happened. And you start holding your foot out for them to like suck the venom out or something, right? And they're like, no, 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 just just go around the corner and look at the look at the statue and you'll you'll be fine. And you're like, Can I get a second opinion? Is there anybody else who can actually help? Are me? you sure? We don't have any time right? to waste. <laughs> it's just that's but that's man that's where we're at and so in that moment i'm not trusting the words of the lord i'm not trusting god i'm looking for other ways that i can solve this i'm looking for my own uh, path direction or worse yet when i go then and talk to other people i'm legislating for them your whole pharisees component mm-hmm. right i'm saying hey forget what god said you also have to do this or do this instead or yeah here's what he meant yeah yep so 
work proceeding from faith will condemn those around you was then the next part of that. If we're acting from our beliefs and we're doing that, we have to unpack this whole piece from at the end of chapter 7 of what does it look like then for my faith to condemn those people around me. The aspect of of that verse saying, by this he condemned the whole world, led me to the question of, okay, so had he not done the by this, <laughs> you know, correctly struck the ark and get on it, then the whole earth would have not been condemned because God wouldn't have washed away all of humanity. It would it would break his covenant promises before, right? Which is true. Um, so then, so then what? We recognize how deeply it is that the fact that he obeyed God sentenced all those people to mm-hmm. that death. Mm-hmm. Now, the the challenge that I think that we have is that there are a lot, a lot, a lot of Christians out there that are genuine Bible believers, genuinely love Jesus, are converted, that want to be faithful, they want to live righteous lives, mm-hmm. but they do not want to condemn people. Mm. So how do we live with that kind of tension and recognizing what it is our righteous living is actually doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think that, so Noah's very action, if I could put it succinctly, his 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 faith and his works is declaring to the world that who God is, has said he is and what he has said is true. So in a sense, this is a, uh, another like reversal of the garden. It's not going to be my way. It's going to be God's way. Mm-hmm. Only in God is their life. I mean, that's what's being pronounced at this moment. And you have the only in God, there is life is being put on display like a fine piece of art or like something tangible for them to see, uh, to put their hands on. So Noah's faith uh, and the works are putting that on display. And so the very fact that they could look at that and then say no, Mm-hmm. is in a sense like you know it, it's not Noah actively going around and, and you're condemned and you're condemned and you're condemned but his very act and his faith is drawing this contrast that shows these people all in this condemned state profane yes it it shows that. And so if you take that reality and, and bring that into our lives, then anytime you and I say God's way is the way, whether we say that explicitly or we live that out, and we should do both, but whenever that happens, people are forced to look at that and say, once again, I'm still going to do it my way, though. So when they look at a, a biblically ordered marriage and they say, well, but I'm going to still do it my way, mm-hmm. they're condemned. Or when they see you know, someone spanking their kid and they're like, well, I, I don't really do that. 
Yes, so, but the problem is, is the Abrahamic covenant then says that uh, you will be a blessing to all nations. What? That doesn't sound like a blessing. Well, well, it depends on what you mean by blessing. Mm. Well, because we forget that preceding that particular clause says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Mm-hmm. And so when people snub their nose at God's blessing in people's life, they're cursing They'll be you. cursed. And yep. they're under curse. Yep. But that also means that those who then walk in the faith, the same line of faith mm-hmm. that Abraham does, they're the ones that will be blessed. Mm-hmm. So what is that? Those who believe what God has said and act accordingly, proceeding from faith, that they will be blessed. And this was Noah building so, a big ark in front of people. So here, hang on. So here's the thing. So if 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 my life displays that, it gives them the opportunity to turn and repent. Mm-hmm. Yep. To then exercise the same faith that to, I have. To know Yahweh. Which is grace. Yes, it is. And mercy to them. This is entirely and, what Israel was supposed to be. And it is being a blessing to them. That's what we're supposed to be. Even though they reject it. Yep. Yeah. Because a lot of people out there don't get that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I mean, that's that's the danger of the whole 1040 window, right? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I would also say this too. Like, it's crucial to understand, and I've said this back um, back before, I forget what the context was, but um, just remember when you're the uh, maybe the popular phrase now is the normie. <laughs> when, <laughs> when when you're the one, and I'm going to define that a little, maybe a little more narrowly here, but when you're the one that is following after the Lord, and and someone else like feels condemned. Or starts attacking you. Just, just remember, they're the ones that have stepped outside of the sane lane, mm-hmm. right? You're in the lane of sanity. They've, the, they're the ones that have stepped out. And I think it's really we've been conditioned to believe if things are not peaceful around us, it's the Christians' fault. Like, because you're supposed to bring peace. Yeah, exactly. And Jesus said, "I came to bring not a peace, but a sword." Uh, right? <laughs> we don't read those words. Not those words. I know. I know. We want the Jesus after the cross. That guy. <laughs> that guy. That guy. So, just remember that they're the ones that jumped outside the lane. What's funny to me about that is I repeatedly see from some of the younger, particularly men that I follow um, on Facebook that talk about that thing in regards to like entrepreneurial stuff. It's like when you finally, you know, start out on your own, start your own business, start doing something for you, which has that, there's some self-centeredness wrapped in here, but that whole authenticity thing of like doing your true thing, right? Well, then all the people who are jealous of you or lose how they used to use you type thing start to come out of the woodwork and they and they crap on you and they're supposed to be your biggest supporter so it's like they understand it and in regards to that right was when you display something you bring out other people's covetousness right yeah and that's what we're doing is when we display true faith when we display yahweh and they don't have it then they covet it and how do they covet and what, how do they respond? With hatred. Yeah. Because ultimately what it's doing, it's showing the bankruptcy mm-hmm. of their self-righteousness. Yeah. I mean, that that's why. So, that's a good word for it, yeah. Right? There's a, uh, I was thinking there's a song by uh, Coldplay. Um, I think it's Coldplay. Where he says, uh, success is like suicide. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's not Coldplay. It sounds like Shine Now. 
<laughs> yeah. I don't think it's shined down. Anyways. Yeah. So you're, you're bringing a, an appropriate contrast and you just got to understand it's like sandpaper. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, I, I know for, for many people being sandpaper is either a, just not an experience that they usually have mm-hmm. or B they just really, really don't like that experience. Um, some of us are used to being sandpaper. Uh, so, you know, uh, and so, those who live nearest to us are... Uh, some, some people are used to being a little bit finer grit. <laughs> Not quite as abrasive. More of a polishing. Well, yeah. I mean, what's that phrase? <laughs> polishing a turd? Yeah. That's what most people are after. But sometimes the turd needs to change. It's still so. a turd. <laughs> it's still a turd. It, it should be... I'm not going to push that metaphor any further, but... No, we're good. Um... <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that this I think helps draw out is that belief and unbelief aspect because one of the Im- important things in this condemning thing is recognizing how much it echoes that Old Testament holiness picture, right? So you are by nature as a sanctified, a set-apart person mm-hmm. automatically setting up that disparagement, that difference between yeah. the disparity between what is sacred and what is profane. Yeah. And so it, it, whether you want to or not, uh, men and women, you're going to fall into this, and that's a good and right thing. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're because cre- you're sanctified. Yeah, I mean, you're creating a, a dissonance. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you have... Uh, and what does the enemy want to do? Deceive. He wants mm-hmm. to blur those lines. He does. He wants it ambiguous and mm-hmm. unclear. And so when you bring uh, righteousness into it, yeah, it's going to... Uh, create some tension some dissonance yeah um i think as we bring us to a close one of the encouragements that i would bring um is uh in this unbelief and belief thing is that god takes us very seriously it's not something that we get to loop in and out of and so in in numbers god has been has delivered the egyptians or, or delivered the israelites from the egyptians they've seen the the red sea They've seen the pillar of fire. They've seen Sinai and everything that happens in 19 before they get the Decalogue in 20. Like, it's all that, right? And then they still disbelieve and grumble and complain. And they say that it's not just discontentment, but he names it specifically as unbelief. Mm-hmm. And so then in Numbers 14, we have this this account. The Lord said to Moses, how long will this people despise me? And how long will they not believe in me? In spite of all the signs that I've done among them. I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you, Moses, a nation greater and mightier than they. And again, Moses has to has to do that Christological picture, that type, and intercede for the people. But nonetheless, we see this seriousness with which he, he judges them, and this ultimately mm-hmm. is where he decides to, to put that nation into the dust. So for us, this is not something that we're in and out of. Uh, hmm. Noah didn't have the option of you know <laughs> seasonal work on the ark, <laughs> on how he felt, on how you know tight he was with God. Like this is this is what he was about, and we, and we have to recognize that this is not just whatever else we want to name it. It falls in that picture of belief. They they will not believe me, and so my challenge to to people will be like. What are you looking for? What are you waiting for? What is going to be the tipping point where you've got enough evidence, where you've got enough signs, we've got enough encouragement, enough motivation, enough scripture verses, enough DNAs, enough community groups to when you pick up the hammer? Yeah. yeah. Where's the end of that? That's, that's what it should be. God said it. And that's enough. It's that simple. That's simple. Yeah. 
Well, with that, we hope that you have been uh, encouraged by this to, to pick up the hammer and start swinging, preferably at the nails first, but if the people get too close in their mockery, um, you can side swipe them too. There's, there's room for that. That's a Nehemiah. Uh, unless you think that I'm embellishing. But with that, we want to encourage you to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We will see you next week. See you guys.